0: it shines. no, my life will not just go on. No, my life will not just go on. It's not enough that you're cleared. You have to be excellent. Your life, no, 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 it's, it's not enough that you feel before. And He has put all this. Shall we pray? And Father, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, once again we are so grateful for this amazing service you've given us. Even as we delve into your Word, we ask that you may grant us a spirit of understanding, and that our grounds may be fertile, that they may be able to yield a hundred, sixty, thirty. We decree and declare that more leaders will come out of this this crowd. Leaders who don't need titles. Leaders who are leaders by the teaching of the word of God. We thank you because you are preparing us to be laborers. I pray, O Lord, that this word which is coming into the hearts of your people may grow in some plants, trees, gardens, and forests, depending on their capacity to receive. We ask all this in the name of Jesus. As every child of God says, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many learned something about leadership last week? What are some of the things that you feel was your biggest takeaway last week? What's that thing you took away from the whole teaching? Nobody I would stand if I were you. Sorry. (laughs) will wila shoop
1: take home was being a leader is not about having a title but it's having that responsibility and just having that responsibility and bring
0: yourself out and being available to do the work. Excellent. Clap for her. I'm going to to I learned that uh, great leaders create greater leaders. Wow. powerful! She can actually speak English. <laughs> what did you learn? Oh.
1: <laughs> I <cannot stop> <laughs> No.
0: <laughs> no, I want to walk in the crowd. But you can walk with me. Sorry. What did you learn about leadership?
1: For me, the biggest thing was about creating a path and not just going where everybody else is going that was really
0: major amazing what did you learn about leadership anything you don't have to say it exactly but what you took away from the teaching Uh, thank you so what i learned uh, last week was that uh, a a great leader is one who does the listening the most is a Mm. great reason okay you're a wise man Excellent. What did you learn about leadership?
1: Um, One of my takeaways on last week's service was that a leader is someone that builds other leaders in such a way that even when they are absent, the people that they need they are able to
0: break. Excellent. Wow. Amazing. There are all these lessons that people are learning. What did you learn about leadership?
1: that a leader desires self lead.
0: Wow. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. What did you learn about leadership? I learned that a leader puts in hope and self-belief in people that he or she is leading. Okay. Wow. Amazing stuff. Were you here last week? What did you learn about leadership?
1: What really stood up for me was that um, to be a leader, you don't need a title. With love, you're qualified to be a leader.
0: Wow! Amazing. Hi. What did you learn about leadership? <laughs> that a great leader exercises great silence. <laughs> Powerful. Amazing. Wow. If there are people in need of seats, there are seats everywhere here. I'm coming for you. <laughs> what did you learn about leadership?
1: Um, well, I learned that uh, a great leader is one who learns how to shine through
0: others. Wow. Linda, is that you? Wow. What did you learn about leadership Inonge? Onge? <laughs>
1: um, I learned that
0: and that leadership is an opportunity to serve in... Northern People can speak English, eh? <laughs> Trumpet, what? What title? <laughs> title. What did you learn about leadership? I learned that one a leader has a servant's heart and the leader also brings out the best in people around them. Wow. What did you learn about leadership? Um, if I were you, I would stand. I learned that great leaders don't desire to lead, but they desire to serve. That what else? <laughs> so, uh, and that a leader must inspire others to become great dream more and become the best. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a quote, it just has to be a conclusion. Um, great leaders shine throughout every situation. could I can't be one leaders always seek for an opportunity throughout every situation that like they encounter. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, the rest of you are safe. So, it's amazing to see all the lessons that were we learned. Um, you, you don't miss this, because this message can be a witness against you. So this is one of those messages where it's really God's mind. So if you are playing, you want to come out, you feel some of the sun, you come in, you are going to have a problems. <laughs> so you may want just to focus and know what the Lord is bringing. Hallelujah. So we are now going to look at what the Bible teaches on leadership. Matthew chapter 20. The Bible reads, Then the mother of Zebedee's, then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down asking something from him. And he said to her, what do you wish? That's Jesus. She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit, one on your right hand and the other on the left in your kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? And, and, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. They said to him, We are able. They didn't know. So he said to them, You will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and my left is not mine to give. I don't know. But it is for those, uh for whom it is prepared by my father. And when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. But Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man, he is now talking about himself, did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Other versions say, those who are in the world are bosses among those that they claim to serve. Then it says, but that will not be your model. Instead, the ones who want to be leaders must serve. What makes us leaders when the kingdom of God is looking at people they can call leaders, they are looking at people who can serve. All of us do something in church. Your greatest leaders, if you look at Deacon Flavian, Deacon Flavian sings in the praise team. Deacon Flavian runs up and down doing errands to make sure you are comfortable, to make sure that you sit well. Deacon, Deacon, Deacon Komaki, he ensures, many times ensures sound is in place. People are delivered on Saturdays. He does so many things. What you can call donkey work. He's moving up and down, making sure things are in place. They went to higher chairs just, to, just now when they noticed that there are no seats. They run up and down. Yet they are your bosses because Deacon Flavian is the executive director. And Deacon uh, 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 Komaki is the vice executive director. But they are always up and down. Sometimes the Mofila Kononu he can't wear a suit because he knows he has to be doing sweaty work. Yet, he's among the top leaders, the top two leaders. Why? Just so that you are comfortable. Because that's how it is in the kingdom of God. You just can't sit. You have to find something to do. You serve, you run up and down. But does your boss do anything at your workplace to ensure that you are comfortable? No. You do something to make sure I'm comfortable. I am your boss. So you are going to do everything in your power to make sure I'm comfortable. I get paid first. Then I tell you, we didn't make enough money. Because I am your boss. That's how it works in the world. But then he's saying, that will not be your model. The greatest leaders in the kingdom of God, they are the ones who work the hardest. So if you're always sitting, not doing anything, you qualify to be not among the greatest leaders. But do you want to be a great leader in the kingdom of God? And you see, some of you may be stubborn and say, what if I don't want? The Bible says some of those works will determine your salvation. Let me, let me explain this. Now, obviously, it's not works that determine people. But let me tell you something. The Bible says every man's work will be taken through a fire. And what will remain of that person is what is going to determine the reward they are going to get. Now, if that man's works are burnt, that man will be saved. But as one who has escaped a great war of flames, if your works are burnt after they are tried, he says, you escape and enter heaven, except. Wasala so. Means some people will be entering heaven. Mops can't move. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus is wonderful. Oh, Jesus. It's not the fire of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> so, yes, salvation is the ultimate thing. But you don't, I, I just don't think it's correct for you to risk it, to say, no, we are just saved by grace. Ah. Okay, I'll come back to this part again. And so, your works are important. I taught the teens a new word. People talk. Your words, your works are excellent. So, in this system, if you want... And it's not just a church situation. It's a kingdom of God culture. You grow in leadership ranks in the spirit... When you become the least and you serve the most. The Bible says because because he had lowered himself, therefore God highly exalted him. The only way to be highly exalted is by lowering yourself. At least in this kingdom, I don't know in your workplace, but at least in this kingdom, the only way up is the way down. Are we together? So find yourself doing the lowly jobs. Sometimes you can just look and say, You know, this place can look nice if we bought stones. Do it at your expense. Sometimes you can just come and say, I want to slash there. You slash. There are so many things you can do. You can just say, ah, this carpet has faded. I want to buy a new one. Don't wait to be told, no, you are not partnering. And it's not always a money situation. Sometimes you can just rise up and say, I'm going to be a servant to make sure that people get saved. So you go to a place and you go to that place, and you evangelize, evangelize. You find two people get on fire. And they... How <laughs> oh, will they serve a pad if I ever drive? <laughs> they serve a pad. So, <laughs> I was saying something. So, they get on fire. Then suddenly you've got a big bus. When it comes to the gospel, you have to make sure you are unashamed. Because when you look at the world, the world is unashamed of spreading rubbish. Sometimes I look, I'm in this group, you know, for fellow professionals, and the things they post there. Rubbish. You look at the jokes they are sharing there. There's nothing funny, but they have. They are forcing the laughter. (laughs) Have you ever seen an alcoholic advert when you are watching the Premier League? Guinness. Have you ever noticed the amount of technology that is invested to produce a 10-second advert which is going to lead someone to getting drunk. Some will lose their marriages. Some will drive out of getting overdrunk. They are insisting you need to drink this thing. They will pay so that they go on TV. And you know, when, when, the, when the Premier League is going on, eh, everyone is seated watching. So it means that TV stations will hike the prices for their adverts. So they will pay thousands of dollars for 10 seconds just to make you buy the alcohol. Whatever happens to you is none of your business because they said, oh, we said you have to be 18. They don't care. It's none of their business. They, They do everything in their power to push an agenda which is going to take people to hell, some of it. Meanwhile, when we come here and we say, we have to beg people to be partners towards buses. Push! It shouldn't be that way. We must be unashamed. When it comes to posting flyers, unashamed. Sometimes I get surprised. After a good service like this, you were so blessed. Oh, you are? a poster food network. Fine, it's your WhatsApp, but Can it be God's? Can God say, I own that WhatsApp? And there are people who... Oh, okay. So, leadership, eh? Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. I will get back to this thing. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. I've seen that. Have you ever esteemed others... You know, I think I am close to getting to what this scripture says. Where you look at other people as more important than you. Do you realize that? Firstly, there are just some, some people who struggle with a sense of self-importance. That's not what I'm talking about. Yesterday someone asked, I would never want to date a girl with a low self-esteem. We are dealing with deal breakers on that segment. And one son talked about low self-esteem. Have you ever met a girl with a low self-esteem? Ha. A girl with a sense of low self-esteem who doesn't think any highly of herself. That sense of low self-esteem comes with a twin sister called inferiority complex and insecurity. They're actually triplets. When those are existing in the life of a sister, you will never own anything. She'll be a part of it. She'll always be on your phone because she's insecure. Think she, she thinks she's too dark or too light. Anything may be too much for her. So she has a sense of low self esteem. So she'll always be looking for other girls who are better than her who you are talking to. So you find that normally those issues that you haven't dealt with which are inside you as a girl will spring up and affect your marriage and your relationship. So you say, no, how come I'm not able to keep any relationship? It's not even a demon. They've gone on a break. You developed a software which is demonic. So there is a demonic presence presence about the way you operate. But that should not be the case. You need to be confident. You need to be confident. You need to be confident in yourself. That's important. So you, that sense of low self-esteem is dangerous. If you notice, how you know that you've got a sense of low self-esteem? If you're constantly noticing other people who are better than you. Constantly thinking you are too low for them. Constantly thinking every guy is out of your league. Every time, you are, you're always thinking of, you're removing yourself. No, 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 no. That's not humility. Let me tell you what humility is. A man cannot really be humble if he has not experienced greatness because humility is a decision. Our example in humility is the Lord Jesus. The Bible says he was so high and lifted and he was God, but he stripped himself of all rightful dignities. So sometimes it's hard to be humble when you are poor because maybe you are already humbled by circumstances. (laughs) But we are going to know that you are humble. When you know that I actually have a few things to my name. But these people are so important because they are children of God. Imagine you are sitting like this. Someone has come in. And you've been a member for some time. You know this one is uh, is new. But ah, you are too important. You need to sit. I need to listen to the word of God. Why don't you give a seat to someone? Make them feel important and useless. You go and stand. Let them sit. It can be simple things like that. Are you listening to me? That's what Jesus did. The typology of salvation was to the extent that they would take the blood of bulls and goats. And they would slaughter them to preserve and keep the life of the sinner. Because the Bible says, the soul that sins is the one that shall die. But because human beings were regarded as important, God said, instead and in the stead, and in the place of a human being, let an animal be killed. So what would happen if you study the book of Leviticus is that they would get this animal and they would lay their hands on it. And that was a type of their sin being transferred from them into the animal. So the guilt is now transferred from themselves to pigeons and to bulls and to goats and to sheep and to lambs. They are free. That animal is now guilty because it is carrying their sin. And that guilt guilt now attracts the penalty of death which is consequent to sin because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. So every time there is a sin, it means there is an invitation of death. And that is why those animals would constantly be killed. So that the life of a person would be preserved. But that even greater means that Jesus considered his life compared to yours as if it were a life of an animal. That God himself would rather regard you and I as sinner as people, but himself as an animal just so that we could live. That is the grace of the Lord Jesus, where He treats himself like an animal. No wonder he was born in a manger, because he would rather identify with animals, because his life would be such of animals as compared to us human beings, He took the life of the lowliest of lives so that we could be there. And on that cross, when the sin of man, when Jesus hanged on the tree, the sin of man was being transferred to him. That's why Isaiah said, there is no beauty that you should behold of him. When you study history, it tells you that even his very body was deformed. Because the Bible says, he made him who knew no sin to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. There was an exchange of lives there. On the cross, our sin was being taken from the world. Because the Bible says, God was reconciling the world to himself through the cross, not counting men's sins against them. And as he was on the cross there, every sin of the world was being laid on him. All the insults that people had insulted, all the idol worship that had happened, all the fornication and the murders and the adulteries were all being laid on him. He did not even sin. No, he did not sin because that's too low. He became sin. And Moses typified this in the wilderness when people disobeyed God. And snakes came and began to bite them. Venomous snakes. And he took a brazen serpent. They made something. And they hanged it on a tree. And they said, when a snake bites you, if you look at it, then you'll be healed. And Jesus said, that sign of Moses was his sign. Because Jesus took the serpentine nature on the tree. What Moses was doing was a type of what Jesus was going to do. That he did not just become a sinner on the cross. He became sin. So that if you look at him in the spirit, it's as if you are looking at a very serpent. Because the totality of sin, and listen to this, past, present, future, even the sins you have not yet committed. That's why even when, when and if people sin, they can still find forgiveness in that cross. Because the effect of the death and the sacrifice of the cross is timeless. It went back in the past. It came to the present and it went to the future. No altar had ever been raised than the altar that was raised on the cross of Jesus. Ah, that's why the Bible tells me the blood of Jesus speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. It's the reason why when Abraham were down there in paradise next to hell, Because they didn't qualify to go to heaven. They were waiting for Jesus to do the right thing. And when he died, the Bible says bodies of righteous men were seen
1: coming out of the graves.
0: And now they could go to heaven. Because the sacrifice of Jesus went past, present, and future. His life was made of less importance compared to yours and mine. Wow. Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me. Who knows that song? Okay, I'll sing the one I know. Wamma ko you mulo wa yesu Wamma ko you Wamma You see, it's very hard to go to hell. It, <clears throat> when you look at the, the power of the sacrifice of Jesus, you realize it's hard. It takes a lot of deliberateness for a person to say, eh, I think in default. <laughs> it takes a lot of deliberate. Because you can imagine. The Bible actually says in the book of 1 John, chapter number 2, it says, My little children, I write to you that you. You may not sin. Then he says, but if anyone sins, we've got an advocate. Talking about Jesus. He says, who is always talking to us before the Father. And his sacrifice was a propitiation for our sin. And not just our sin, but the sin of the world. That's powerful. That means, if it ever happens that you find yourself in sin... That blood is not just for the world, it's also for you. That's why it says, if we walk in fellowship, we are one with him. And the blood of Jesus, it says, it cleanses us from sin. It doesn't say it cleansed us. Some people become so religious that they think, well, if you ever find yourself in an issue, you will go to hell. Because you don't believe it can speak for you again. But that, the power of that blood is so consistent that as you walk in fellowship with him, it's it cleanses you of errors. Hey, are you listening to me? That, that's amazing. It's hard. It's so hard to go to hell. But anyways, the point I'm making is this. That he considered his life of less value to the extent that he typified his own as an animal's so that you were to anyway. Is Jesus just a boss? Talk to me, brothers and sisters. He's a servant. He's a leader in the kingdom of God. D.M.A.L.E. Hallelujah. So what are you doing to be a leader in the kingdom of God? Consider others more important than yourself. It's a mindset. You have the power. You have the money. Some of you may even have the education and the jobs. But when you come here, You should be privileged to be in the presence of the children of God. Wow. Look at how the children of God are excited in the presence of God. Look at how the saints are worshiping God. I'm so privileged to be here. Somebody say, I'm so privileged to be here. This fellowship you have, you should enjoy. it. There are people in countries, they can't meet like this. I know even in the States, it's so hard because everyone is super afraid of COVID. But many of them, they've just become irreligious. So, you should be so grateful. I know people who are in the States. Every time they, I'm talking to them, they feel like being part of this team. Don't take it lightly. Here's a note Leaders think about others and not just about themselves. Hallelujah. Yes, leaders think about others. Others are important. That's how a leader thinks. Proverbs chapter number 11, verse 4 14. Without wise leadership, a nation falls. But there is safety in having many advisors. Hallelujah. So, the note here is, listen to this, an entire organization can fall when leadership lacks. It says, without wise leadership, a nation falls. And the note we are making there is an entire organization or nation or church can fall when leadership lacks. an entire department can consistently be poor. A very good department can suddenly drop because two leaders are the difference. We even wonder, what happened? Worship team, what was the problem? Ushering, what was the problem? Because there was a difference. Without wise leadership, an entire church can fall. So never look down um, leadership. That's what the Bible, we are looking at what the Bible teaches about leadership, right? Matthew 24 verse 45. A faithful servant, a faithful sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his or her household servants and feeding them. Are you seeing that? A faithful sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. Which is a good thing. Our our master rewards us. I I can't stop telling the number of testimonies that come as a result of service. But I encourage all of you to listen to a sermon I did titled... Five... Secrets to a long life. One of them dealt with this issue. Five secrets to a long life. You should serve God. There will be a reward. Hallelujah. The Bible also tells us our labor in the Lord is not in vain. But the Bible goes on to tell us, I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. You can imagine. The, The amount of things that God is giving us responsibility over. Is normally a reflection of our servanthood. I'll repeat that. The amount and number and kind of things that the Lord is giving us responsibility over is normally a reflection of our servanthood. There are some people God will give responsibility, He will give them responsibility over a lot of money because He knows you're not stingy. Because of the way you are saving, you've grown. A responsibility mindset. We need to buy that. We need to do this. We need to help that brother. We need to help that sister. And now, there's a flow of finances. But let me just say this. Some of you, your hearts are in the right place. But you're not positioned properly yourselves. Money is as a result of two things the Lord taught me in 2018. Number one, money is a result of the word of God. When you obey the word of God, you position yourself for money. When you obey the word of God in tithes and offerings, in being clean in the way you handle money. Don't tell your parents just because they are not educated. But if we achieve photosynthesis, we need the 2000 You need to be honest. You get that 2000 but you will lose favor. That favor that attracts money, you will lose it. In your workplace, you must be very honest in the way that you handle your money. Are you listening to me? But number two, money is a result of positioning yourself correctly, the Lord told me. There are people who became millionaires because they met the right person. There are people who, who grew money because they invested in the right business. You position yourself in the flow of money. That wisdom the Holy Spirit can give you. But that wisdom you can also have by asking and finding out. Don't be lazy. Don't just sit and think a job will just suddenly slap you. Prayer works in the supernatural equation. But manifestation works in the faith equation. And faith means you have to do something so that you provoke a reaction. There are things we do and things that we say that bring a manifestation to things that are in the spirit. And a number of times, you may have to begin, you invest in this business. You talk to people, you read, you research. You, a lot of people are just lazy. You find a person has one job. And you know the jobs of these days, they drink you. They invest your youth. You are going between 8 hours. At 23 hours, they are calling you. No, uh, there's that other entry. You need to do this. You don't even have time to do anything. Hello, If you are even married, <coughs> there's a problem there because you are thinking, if I ever quit this job, who is going to be paying rentals? This is why many of you, you should look at the fact that you are not married now as an, as an advantage. Because you can blow up a 5-pin you can sleep under a tree. You will not be thinking of a little boy. But you know what? This money, if I invest it, there's my wife, there's my son. There are people I'm keeping. It therefore means if I blow this money, whew, many people will be at stake. But before your marriage, you can make mistakes, learn, and move on. No one will be offended. So you have a great opportunity. But for some of you, you know that you can only grow financially when you get married, right?
1: There
0: are some people God will tell you until you get married, this and this will happen. That's for those who got that instruction. Not everyone has it. God told me one time, unless you get married, your church won't grow. I was like, what's this? No, okay, does that does that make I thought I was I was cleaning the way I handled the ladies around me. There's no bad testimony. Someone didn't leave because they got married. <laughs> but God knew what he was doing. That's instruction Not every pastor. I've seen pastors in big churches, they are still single. So there are those people that God will tell you until you get married. There's a sexy on your financial flow. Maybe He knows that once, once you have a certain amount of money and there's no woman at home, every woman will be a marital object. Maybe He knows that, Hallelujah, because He's been to the future. So position yourself correctly when it comes to finances. You are in third year. You are doing teaching. You can actually manage to do an investment. You can do something that can bring you money on the side. Maybe those who are doing medicine, maybe those who are at Ziali. But what are you doing? Problem is people, <clears throat> problem is people in school, you've got this problem. It's a, uh, It's a fantasy that when you just finish school, you just get a job. And when they are teaching you public administration, now you handle clients, principles of this, you are doing that. Somehow you feel like you've gotten the job. There's an error. You live in a fantasy world, it's like grade 12s. You'll be shocked at the fantasy world. You'll be shocked at the fantasy world. They think like they've reached. Have you ever seen grade? you were in grade 12, come talk to me. You were in grade 12, and when you are in grade 12, <laughs> you are the boss of the school. When you're looking at grade eight, show you, when. you give them names when because that's the problem. At what you used to call them.. Like you, you have reached, you are the what. Then when you now go to first year, you just look like no one. So there's, be real. There's this imaginary world. Then you find your senior who finished three years ago. The one who was smart, still killing ants, looking for a job. That's when you realize, ha, I should have invested. I should have been doing other things. I'll tell you the truth. The master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. Because of what you are learning and your service to God, God is bringing more responsibility towards you. Hallelujah. And sometimes, you know what God does? He begins to test you. He wants to give you responsibility over five people. So he notices, the moment you have five people who are always asking things from you, your heart, so they are about to ask. You are failing. You are not. <laughs> you are just failing. Five people are constantly asking. You are offended. You even, you even block their lines. At least for month and you block the lines. Then you come and block on the 15th. Then say, oh, you know these phones. <laughs> Is it these phones or these stinginesses? So God is testing and is looking in your heart. You are upset. I gave him, but, ah,
1: you know, I just did it.
0: And then you talk to people about it. I gave him, I gave him, I gave him, I gave him. Oh, salubre la Then he makes a mistake. He then comes again. Please sit down. He is in trouble. Now, when God brings five people, you are failing. Because God just wants, He's about to add a five thousand watcher more to your earnings. But for yourself. But also, people are always asking for things. Let me also come to you.
1: Yes.
0: Maintain your integrity. Sometimes it will happen that you do not have, but you can't keep asking. I know these are your brothers and sisters, and they should be able to help you. But there are people who think, are you ever going to fast, if you're always going to be asking? Because you just don't have something in you. Sometimes declare a fast. We are praying today. Learn to decree and declare to the fridge. Then let God work a miracle. There's a scripture. I don't know, but I read it in in Bemba. It says, Wila ingila libidi libidi. Do not constantly go to your friend's house because they will get offended at you and even end up hating you. Let God test them, not you. <laughs> but there has to be a place where you, you learn to survive one little. Otherwise, people will give you, but they will not respect you. But also some of you need to know when someone is in need you carry your friends you know I'm going to the saloon what hairstyle would you like to do? You just do it without them asking. So I'm going to the barber barbershop man let me go I'll pay for you. Just, just take them. And sometimes you should hold the money and say, Lord, who should I give this one to? But what if the servant is evil and thinks my master won't be back for a while and he begins beating the other servants, parting and getting drunk? Hey, parting has been addressed. Don't tell me it's not in the Bible. What do you get from parting? One thing that amazes me about some people when they get saved is this. You can find parents who are saying, they are still growing when they go out. But the moment they start going to church consistently, that's when the problem now comes. When the child was going, sneaking in, there was no problem. But the moment the person now starts going to church consistently, I'm going to church mommy, daddy, I'm going to church. Oh, sorry, mom, hey, hey! you're the only one who prays. <laughs> if you are that kind of parent, you need to reduce the heart. <laughs> because... Satan is talking to you to crush that child's passion for God. It's okay for them to have more fire than you did when you were their age. It's totally fine. Even in marriages, it's like that. Let me address this issue. I've I've seen this in homes where a parent says, you respect your pastor more than me. Or A husband says, you respect your pastor more than me. Your papa. (laughs) So, you, listen. The disrespect that your wife has for you is not as a result, a direct result of her respect for her pastor. It's not because she's respecting your pastor. That's why she's disrespecting you. Because that means there's something that pastor is doing to her which is imparting a disrespect in her, which is she is presenting to you. So every time you talk like that, every time you say, you respect your pastor more than you respect me, you are effectively saying that your pastor has put spirits in you, which are causing a disobedience that I am a partaker of and I don't like it. That's what you are directly and indirectly saying. Your disrespect is not as a result of the respect. It's as a result of your issues. Sort them out. Do you want, because someone is disrespecting you in the marriage, they should also come here just to balance things up. Disrespect me. What have I done? Am I the one who did not give them money for saloon? I'm not the one. Am I the one who didn't appreciate them when they overbathed? I'm not the one. So I shouldn't suffer consequences just because you are suffering them. Even Jesus says, Give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar. For crying out loud. I should not have disrespect because you are being disrespected. What have I done? I'm Pastor Daniel, and I approve of this message. <laughs> so, parting. And I said, "What about church parties? Don't complicate things. You know what he's talking about. You know. You know when you think about it. Okay, I'm pretending. I know. I know the one they are talking about. Ija party, Ija. Yakumunzi, Ija. Because there's that one where when you enter, there is sweat. It's smelling." And says, how did you know? (coughs) You know, when we're talking, I can pick your thoughts. Yes. I'm not saying I pick everyone's thoughts, but sometimes it just jumps out like that. (coughs) Knowing Satan does not make him my friend. So, all those things happen. Enter that place. (laughs) Then here, You are my (laughs) Velasie. Then (laughs) there, everyone is lying down worshiping. You're just. But they are, yeah, she's so witchy. She's so witch. Everyone who is not vulnerable before God is vulnerable before other things. So I find some of these men, they are very tough before they are women. I'm fine. You know what you need a you need to be vulnerable. Okay, we'll touch on that one in part two um, of the men's uh, what? Yes. Listen to this. If he finds him parting and getting drunk, the master will retain unannounced and unexpected. He says, the only criminal Jesus compared himself with was a thief. He said, I'll come like a thief. Thieves don't say, Zagabwela. Tonight, I'm just arranging the other owns. <laughs> I'm landing by your crib. No. That's not what happens. They just reach unannounced. That's what he says you reach. Yeah. That's what, how he says you arrive. Unannounced. The master will return unannounced and unexpected. And I like this. And he will cut the servant to pieces. And assign him a place with the hypocrites. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's a song we used to sing. I don't know if it means this. Am I singing it correctly? Doesn't it mean the same thing? I think it means that. As we we used to sing it like that. Like for those who do not believe. And they don't love the Lord. Their bones will cry, (laughs) Someone is arguing. Hey, that's your meaning. So, just know there's going to be a Gwebede day. (laughs) If he finds you. Now, here's what shocked me about this scripture. It says, he will cut the servant to pieces. I thought when you are cut to pieces, you should die. After you are cut to pieces, then he says, and will assign him a place with the hypocrites. Meaning, after you are cut to pieces, (laughs) then you and your pieces, you go now to the hypocrites. There's no dying, but there's punishment, which is death-oriented. Okay. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Someone says, what if you don't have teeth? Your gums will gnash." Something. Because the scriptures must be fulfilled. So there has to be. <laughs> Let me tell you what will happen to him. Another version says, his master will suddenly return at a time that surprises him. And he will remove the abusive, selfish servant from his position of trust. And the master will cut him in two. And assign him to the place of great sorrow. Anguish along with the other pretenders and unbelievers. Which is bad, eh? Because they will be saying, even you, say, are you? Even you, you are here. We thought you used to go to church. So he was talking to people who are already in church here. He's not talking to believers here. He was not talking to unbelievers. He was telling the believers, when the master comes and finds you patting and getting drunk... He will assign you a place with the unbelievers. I think that's painful. Because maybe the unbelievers never knew. But you, you knew. The note is that good leaders are good managers. Jeremiah 23 verse 1. War to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. Hmm. War to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture. We are looking at what the Bible says. About leadership. He says, Whoa, bad luck, danger to those leaders who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pastor. Let me explain some of these things. There is a place when you've been in a ministry like this one for some time, you qualify to be a shepherd, even though you are not yet appointed. When the realm of the spirit looks at you and the number of teachings that you have gobbled, even if you have not changed, they say, <clears throat> The number of teachings are testifying at you, need a leader. Now, what the Bible says if it says, if any of you cause any of these little children to sin, it says, it would have been better for you not to have been born. Another scripture says, if any of you causes little children to sin, it would have been better for you to have a milestone tied around your neck and thrown into a river. You know what that means? Let me me explain. You've been around for some time. Somebody just gets saved. They're trying to grow spiritually. You start writing to them sex messages. Now you know that they are also not yet used to the things of God, so they think, ah, so even guys for our church do these things. So they give in, they discuss those things with you. Maybe are even cursing. Meanwhile, they see you come to church and they lift their hands. You lift your hands and you worship. They are saying, oh, so we can do those sinful things and still lift our hands, and it's cool. It means there's a culture which you are growing in them which is very demonic. Meanwhile, you you were given an opportunity when you came here. Nobody spoke to you in sex language. Everybody was "Mm," talking to you about scriptures. The sisters were genuinely having midnight prayers with you together with everyone else. And you were shocked because you found pure people. Meanwhile, you, instead of carrying that culture which you received, you go and cook your own from I don't know where you cook it. It means, it means you are causing the little ones to sin. And your punishment will be greater. And he it says, it's better for you. I don't know what's worse, but the better one, <laughs> the Bible says, to have a milestone tied around you. Don't mislead new people. Don't say wrong, don't throw the wrong things up to them. Be careful with those because God's judgment against anyone who misleads the, the new, new people in the faith is harsh. Are you listening to me? So don't scatter God's sheep. Don't be the one involved. You are dating this one, you are dating that one. And then you find, maybe they genuinely liked you, but you date that one. You also start talking to that one. Then you start talking to the other one. And you find these people were just good people. They liked each other. Now they have to protect their interests because you've messed up their feelings. So you find this one now doesn't like this one. They have a a thing going on. Meanwhile, you as a man or the woman, you are the one who was talking to two men at the same time. <laughs> you are a fool. You desist from such things. Desist from such things. Avoid them. Me, I don't stop people. If you want, you can look at girls like this. The way she sings, it's none of your business. It's between you and your chest. Now, if you start talking to them, you talk to this one, you talk to this one. At that point where you are observing them, just observe them like this. Nangu bend. It bends and bends and bends. Just let it happen in your chest. And make a decision. You would have researched about that one, that one. We don't stop all those things. But as at the time you are lifting that your right leg, to go and start talking to that person. Let it be one girl. And some of you, you can finish your market. Because these girls are the way they are. Let me tell you a secret, Lukunda. The moment you start talking to one girl, <laughs> she will share with another girl, oh, Lukunda has been talking to me. No, we've just been talking a lot. <laughs> <laughs> then that girl will tell another girl, these girls, they have a weakness. <laughs> 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 then that girl, so you find five are aware can sit. So by the time you are saying you are not into her, you are going to the next one. Your market. They are all just thinking. <laughs> Every time you go to someone, they, they like you, but you are out of the market whilst being there. So even the girl who believe in you, ah, that one, you need to be with her. Because it will take boldness for her to stand by your side. So you want to keep your reputation. And you don't want to mess people up. You get money, you Congola money from that one, Congola money from that one. In church, you find people like that. Get money from that one. How are you going to worship when you're lifting your hands? We give you! Hope. Everyone is looking at you. You're even giving God. What are you giving him? Everyone, there's just like a shipment you're waiting, then you clear them. Everyone, there's something, you're just waiting for like, a project to pop up, then you clear them. You can't be getting money like that. You get from that one, get from that one, get from that one. And for some people, it becomes a sickness. The Lord help you. Titus chapter 2 verse 6. Likewise. Guide the younger men into living disciplined lives for Christ. This is what I'm talking about. They hold yourself. It doesn't matter she has birthed. Her name is Bathsheba. Wait first. Listen. Let me tell you something about a person. A person is a compression of the time they have lived together with their experience and the mindsets that have been developed, their predispositions in all the time that have existed. Wow. So what I say is that there's a difference between the girl of the body and the body of the girl. The way she looks may not be a representation of her experiences, her pasts, her inclinations, her thoughts, her emotional dispositions, her mental proclivities. So you can like the body of the girl. But now you have to meet the girl of the body. And the girl of the body does not always look like the body of the girl. You will testify if you are rushing into these things. Be disciplined. Find out. Pray what is God saying. Because you go and she's the one. Okay. You can quickly announce Then she now even gets attached to you, eh? (laughs) You know that by the time you are pulling out of the relationship, your pastor will be unhappy. And she will be heartbroken. Or he will be heartbroken. Your pastor will be unhappy. Because you've discovered that she's controlling for you. Or she has all these needs and you have pressure to always buy her lotion, this, that, and that. Now you can't come out because it's late. There are emotions involved. The pastor is part of the relationship. (laughs) In this ministry, I say a relationship is between... You, the person you are dating. (laughs) I just want to know... For those who think too much... I just want to know what's going on... And cancel you... And so that you are accountable. So four people are part of that relationship. Me, your man, your girl... And an entire Jesus. So, you need to be disciplined. Discipline is a decision. It's not a gift. That's why you you spend 15 minutes in prayer. When you should have spent 30, you lack discipline. Suddenly you remember, oh, I have not closed the door. Then you come back. Then you say, oh, I didn't put that in the fridge. You come back. Oh, I have not closed the door. You come back. The only sensible time you've spent in prayer is 10 minutes. Meanwhile, to hit a certain note, you should have spent 15 minutes. are just indiscipline. Sometimes you just need to acknowledge that discipline, okay, yes, discipline. No one has a gift of discipline. It's a responsibility. It's a decision. Sometimes you know, it, I'm about to say a carabish. Then you just realize, somebody say, I don't know if that's a saying, but hey, you all said it, so you got the point. You cool down. It's not everything that comes to your head that you have to say. You can keep quiet. The Bible says, a fool looks good, but his voice betrays him. (laughs) He was wise until he spake. The point there is good leaders are disciplined. Disciplined with church. Some people, they come for two Sundays in in a row and they feel like, oh, I've gotten a, a whole download to live with without going to church for the next
1: three months.
0: Then after they feel empty, they come back now. But can you do it consistently for six months attending service? Can you do it? Then you are disciplined. Because one dimension of discipline is consistency. Can you consistently attend cell the entire year? No, I think the say won't finish it. But do you know what it's doing to you? I know you say the church won't end, but do you know what it's doing to you? Good leaders are disciplined. There are some thoughts that can't cross my mind. Me. Imagine me thinking, oh, today I'm not going to church. How? I'm past that temptation. I'm way past it. You can reach that place where the temptations you are way past. Imagine me being tempted to insult, to cast a certain curse. I'm way past, way past that. What are some of the things you can say you are way past? You can't say because you're a man of God. What about you? What are the things you are way past? Some of you should must be way past stealing. You should reach a point, is even if I was hungry, I would rather you cut my than me going huh? looking for a place to steal. <laughs> way past that. You look at the person you are dating and say, we are way past sleeping with each other. Yeah. Way past it quiet in here, <laughs> <laughs> way, way past kissing, way past kissing, singles get excited because it's not their struggle here, <laughs> <Press> that <thing. laughs> they don't understand your pain. <laughs> Angro is waga. They don't get it. Okay. Let me not go here. But good leaders are disciplined. Sometimes it's just discipline. You just need to be disciplined. Doesn't matter you imagine you mm, shut up. <laughs> but why are you finding yourselves? In dark places. Yeah. <laughs> discipline. Somebody said discipline. Yeah. Hold your hand and say discipline. Yeah. You know your money is not enough. The moment it comes, write a budget. Because without a budget, wasting is inevitable. Write like a budget. All you have is a five hundred. Now people, when you are, they have a 500, they develop a 500 walk. <laughs> you want to achieve a 500, 500 walk? <laughs> what happens to you? 500 entered you. Just a 500 with this, in this day and age, will just end on transport. <laughs> yes just budget 50 kwacha diet 40 kwacha partnership or save 100 kwacha <laughs> <laughs> that's how discipline is it hurts sometimes I see why people eat, just eat it. There's that bad meme going around called eat the man. <laughs> no, but you need to plan. That's why some people never give their time. Then when you tell them, they say, Hey, why? Oh Follow me, I approach to ask you. So I preserve you from God's asking. If I ask you yourself, if God asks you, you must be disciplined. Hallelujah. Discipline means you've decided to do the right thing. When you had the opportunity to do the wrong thing, are you listening to me? And you must be, if you're going to be a good leader. If you are a leader and everything gets to you, what that person says gets to you. Sometimes, as a leader, you, get, you develop a tough skin. Oyo, arelanda, fimbi, fimbi. This one said this. That one said that. You won't manage. Because those same people who said things about you, even smiling at you, ah, deaconess. You just smile back at them. They've got their own growth trajectory. It's their business with God. Your business is to love them. Imagine, Jesus knew... <laughs> This Judas will betray me. For three years he knew this is the one who's going to betray me. He never treated him any less of a man of God than the other apostles. He would still send him with the other two of go preach the gospel, go cast out demons, go do this. He would even come and say you will not not imagine what we did. Ah, it was upside down in the kingdom of darkness this side. Ah, I know Jesus, you are the one. You know? (laughs) He, He was there and Jesus would be saying wow. Now, some of you, if you knew the person was going to betray you... <laughs> In three years' time, you would betray them first. And quote the wrong scriptures, suffer not the witch. No, 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 no. no. You can't be emotional about everything that happens. This one, you gave the money, they never paid back. This one, I don't know what people do to you, but it's just this one, everything is getting to you, everything is getting to you. Get on a bus, I mean, I'm just giving up. I feel like no one listens to me. I'm getting suffocated. <laughs> Every time, I'm the one who's preparing everything. Everyone just looks at me. I just, you are drowning. You're dr- you are drowning. <laughs> Everything. You are emotional about You can't be. God can't take you to the next level of leadership. Sometimes I hear, no, that one slept, that one. That one, <laughs> I'm just like, ah. At the end of the day, God will judge them. You ah, sleep another person, it's not none of my business. At the end of the day, God is the one who's going to judge you. Is it me? How did you Me, I was just sent? So you will be accountable to the one who died for you and rose for you. I won't manage. I discipline that one. I discipline that one. I discipline that one. I discipline that one. I rebuke this one. No. Sometimes I realize my only responsibility is to give you the word. What you do with it? I pray, Lord, let the word enter them. But you can resist the prayer. I resist by your actions. Resist it above all. Set yourself apart as a model of life, nobly lived with dignity. Demonstrate integrity in all that you teach. <clears throat> above all, set yourself apart. God can set you apart, but the Bible talks about another level of consecration where you set yourself apart. You can't set yourself apart if you don't understand the group you are a part of. So the first thing that you need to do is even in church, you need to say, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be like that. I want to be different. So when you understand the group you are a part of, then you can set yourself apart. So be honest. Somebody was saying, oh, let's be real. Let's be real. (laughs) Listen. No, no, I will not. I will not. Okay. Only the men understand this. Oh, yeah. But I'll, I'll, listen. You know, the problem with this generation is that there is a reality mispositioning. That is to mean that when people are telling you, be real, they think that everything we do here and everything, this is important, listen. Everything we do here and everything we teach. They assume we are too unreal. We are in a fantasy world, so they assume how they feel and the world out there with things that happen in the world. That's serious stuff. But reality is a multi-dimensional concept. When we talk about reality, it is not a one-size-fits-all kind of situation. We are not casting stone. It is not something that is cast in stone when we talk about reality. Somebody told someone who's mad, you're out of touch with reality. Which reality are they out of touch with? Yours. For them, they are seeing those things. It's real to them. What you say is, they are out of touch with our reality because it means they are in touch with another reality. Now, who told you that the reality of what people feel? Somebody said, you know, just do it. Be real. You feel this thing. Just do it. You are being real when you do it. Given. But are you being fake if you don't do it? Who told you that you are being fake? It means you are being real. You've just chosen a different reality from the one that is there. Because the Word of God is real. The Bible says, faith, perceiving as real things, the things that are not yet amenable to the senses. That means there's a dimension of reality. There's a dimension of reality. ...of things that are not real... ...according to the other reality. Meanwhile, when you come to the greater reality... ...because the Bible says by faith... ...we are able to see that the worlds ...Hebrews 11 verse 3... ...by faith we know and understand... ...that the worlds were fashioned... ...according to the word of God... ...so that the things that are not... ...made the things which are... ...and the things which do appear... ...were made by the things which do not appear... ...invisible things... ...made things that are visible... Which ones are realer? When, when Hebrews 11 verse 3 is talking, it's basically saying this. Come here. It says, By faith we understand that the world was framed and fashioned according to the word of God so that the things which do not appear created the things which do appear. It's an, it's an example of a mother and a daughter. The mother... Which does not appear created the daughter that you can see. Who, which one is greater? Between the one who created and the one who's the created. This one is bigger in age, in experience, in knowing things. This one is greater. So if the Bible tells us that by faith we understand that the world, this one is the world was formed by the things which do not appear. It means the reality here is superficial. It is less. It is not as real as the one which created. You can take your seats. Thank you. So you discover that the things that people call real are in fact not real. Because they were created from things which, according to them, are unreal. So someone bought a car and said, "Oh, the blessing of the Lord! I am so blessed." Are you? Are you trying to tell me that the atheist who's got a bigger car than you is more blessed? Sometimes some of these things we call breakthroughs. I did this. I got a land. I got a job. It was breakthrough. Look at my blessings. Sometimes some of those testimonies are just a testimony that we are carnal. Somebody said, "Oh, I got healed, because when the doctor checked, they didn't find anything." Say, so "I'm just waiting for the doctor to check, then I'll testify. When the doctor checks and they still find that thing, are you sick?" Why is it that the man of God prayed for you and your confirmation of the healing is what the doctor is saying? Ah. You go back to the doctor to check and they say the thing is still there. You say, thank you. And you say I'm, you continue saying, I'm healed. I'm healed. Whose report will you believe? Because the blessing is that angel, that force, that anointing, that working of the spirit which produced that God. So if they now take away that car and you are broken because your blessing is dead, you are carnal. This is why we are not attached to things that are of the world. We are so attached to your things that some people, they, they were walking in a car. I was telling somebody they walked a little because their car was elsewhere. They
1: cried,
0: my car. God will help us. You need to come to a place where you understand what the blessing really is. Because that way none of these things which are earthly will move you. You start looking for greater. There was one time when I gave certain thousands of money to someone. And I didn't have that money, and I needed it. But I gave it. And I was like, oh, praise God for this opportunity to have given. Hallelujah. Blessed be God. Hallelujah. I was trying to encourage myself. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. But I didn't sing the wrong songs. (laughs) Yeah. You can sing, no problem. And then about a day later, a man of God came to me and said, I had a vision that you received. He talked about around the same amount of money. In the same measure, he says, you received this amount of money. Whatever happened, but I had a vision that you received this amount of money. Then I thought, I shared with my wife, she was happy, oh praise God, this is amazing. Then I said, so, we give money and we receive money, and that's it. I was not impressed by the vision. It's true, that vision was a result of that seed. I was thinking, I give money, I receive money. That's my blessing. It's even done. I need, I need, that's not a blessing, that's a fruit of the blessing, don't mix the two. I need that portal to constantly open, constantly, that thing that releases money in the spirit. That's the thing I'm looking for. Not money, what will I do with money? If I get a thirty pin, what will you do? I can blow a 30,000 without blinking, or some of you, some of you are saying, are you even without blinking? Me even without, without blinking, so I know. It. <laughs> Just blow it. On one small thing like this. But you, you need more money. 30 pin can't take you anywhere. Because I'm looking for something greater. I've reached that place of maturity. You can imagine how is it that someone in 19 Pendef Kondo? You know what someone did? They took a goat to a samboma, killed it, and they opened a the bottle. Thousand years later, that portal still releases curses and demons. Then you, you should give a goat and receive two goats. What are you going to do with it? There was a difference between Esau and Jacob. The Bible says let not any among you be profane like Esau who for a need for beans. He never thought something would happen. He never had that wisdom. He gave he he said, I am hungry, I didn't hunt anything. Then the brother says, You're going to give me your birthright. Then he says, What did you to birthright? You beans. <laughs> At, I call it beans, don't argue. The, if, he didn't know that he was opening a pot and something was leaving him just because of what he did. But that brother of his had the intelligence, the spiritual intelligence to say, uh, and that intelligence, he said, he knew that when I give, when I give him these beans as a sacrifice, I'll get something spiritual. I don't want his, I don't want his meat because he was a hunter. I want something greater that he has. And he was looking for that. He was looking for something greater than just venison. He was looking for something greater than just kapori wa mumpanga. He was looking for something more. And when he gave him the beans as a sacrifice, he exchanged it with his birthright. Have you read whatever happened to Jacob wherever he went? Jacob was told, there are two kinds of animals. Fine. They went to the spotted animals and his uncle told him, since the spotted animals are few, you can keep getting the spotted animals. He said, okay, fine. He did something unusual. When the animals were eating and drinking water, he would take a spotted tree and he would place it before them. And when they look at it, they would give birth to many big spotted animals and sheep. So his own animals became more And Now, okay, what technology is there? You people who've done... Vet made. (laughs) How does looking at a spotted tree increase birth? What I'm just trying to say is when you are blessed, you can do some of the most stupidest of things and succeed. It's because there's something more he got. It's not a science. There's a spirit that came upon him. The firstborn spirit. So as spiritual people, we must look for the correct things. What am I looking for here? That's why you'll be quick. It's your birthday. You say, pray for me. Not, I'm expecting all kinds of gifts. That's all you want to get for your birthday. A gift. Ah, <laughs> That's all you want. You can't imagine. Some people didn't, some people, they didn't even, they didn't even give me anything for me. Me, I did things for them. You are so offended because of things. You're materialistic. And you say, oh, we're praying for you. You say, what's that? So you're just praying for (laughs) Sister gift. (laughs) It can get better. It's so quiet in here. Are you people listening? If you're hearing me, raise your hands. I'm almost done. Integrity, demonstrate integrity in all that you do. And being a clear, wholesome message, that cannot be condemned. And then your critics will be embarrassed with nothing bad to say about us. The life that you live can determine whether people say bad things about us, not just you or not. Being a good leader means you need to be conscious of what other people are going to be saying about the other people who didn't do the bad thing that you did. Because you are always posting, hey, I go to Hof, I go to Hof. Then when you are, you are when, when, but your life is saying, hey, I go to a club, I go to a club. So when people are saying, Pastor Daniel, but leadership means it's not just about you now. There are other people's reputations at stake because of your life. Hallelujah. Good leaders lead with integrity. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Proverbs 22, verse 29. Do you see a man skilled in his work? He will serve kings. He won't serve obscure men. The note there is, good leaders invest in their skills and aim at an extra mile. You get 40% and you are the highest in a class of 50. You have still failed. You have to put in more so that you pass. There's a mark you must reach. Can you go an extra mile? You only know how to play in F sharp. Why don't you learn other keys as well? That's why the only songs you know how to play is seven. When we say let's play worship, do not a You grow an extra mile. What else can you learn? All those who are in grade 12 after you finish school, that gap year. I don't think there are gap years these days. People straight go. Back in the day, we used to have a gap year. Don't just sit down. If you are going to Ounza, don't just sit down and eat your mother's food. Plant a garden. Learn a new skill on YouTube. Don't just watch Pinterest. You are just watching flowers and I don't know what you are doing. Do other things. Learn, Learn a new skill. You can learn designing. You can learn a software. You can learn how to bake. You should be relevant in the future to come beyond what you learn. Add to your skill. You come in church like this, you've learned how to do monitoring and evaluation. How do you know it's going to help out? Can you imagine? I didn't learn how to use Microsoft Word. I mean, Excel. So I always had to do very stressful things on the lines. But do you need to be a computerist to learn Microsoft Word? Why don't you know it you finish school? You are just lazy. Add to your skills. I'm talking to you because many of you are young. No, I want to be a doctor. That's all you'll be doing in your life. You'll be so bored. The certain level of relevance you may not have in society. What other things do you do? I hope the Philippe Peter. Iwe, 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 iwe. Grade 12, ni wende ever. I learned film directing when I was already done with university. I learned acting and producing when I was already done. But I learned on YouTube. I never went to film school. I was not going to manage. How? Oh, I'm working this side. I'm doing, how? So don't always say, no, I'm fidena ako school, fina na chaka course, kakaka short course. These days information is everywhere. Why don't you learn? You can go on YouTube, you can go on Google. Those those sites are not just there so that you can sing and start begging God for mercy. No. You can click and start finding lessons. Many people post amazing things there. Learn those things. What are you doing? Every time you go on YouTube, you're tempted for the wrong things. Come on. Look at the correct things. Are you listening to me? No. I had to learn on YouTube. That's why I learned. And reading pages. On the internet, blogs. I downloaded some tutorials, they helped me. Now I can sit down and discuss lenses with Kakoma. It was none of my training. I can sit down and argue, oh no, color grading this, no. with great guys. What do you do in your free time? Hey. Ah, What? Why even you're even putting an eye? Who, who last of boring? Put boring. If you're bored, just sleep. Don't start insulting time you never made. Aka important. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Not everyone should be part of your, in your heart. If, if you have got too many friends, you have a problem because this one will anger you. And not everyone deserves your anger. You are driving, this one angers you. Everyone, you know, anger is a dissipation of energy. Eh? Not everyone deserves your anger. Reserve it for the demons and spiritual warfare. I don't know. Reserve it for something else or getting angry at a problem and then find a solution can't be angry at anyone. Your cousin said some things, you are angry. Your teacher said some things, you can't believe it. (laughs) You won't manage. Leaders don't take everything to heart. That's what I said earlier, right? Excellent. Numbers 12 verse 3. Now Moses was very humble, more humble than any other person on the earth. They're not there is great leaders are humble. That's it. The Bible, can you imagine for God to say this one of them was the most humble man? One of the marks of a man of God is humility. It's not, it, it's not power. It's, because humility means I understand how great I am, but I will reduce myself. That's why I was telling you that it's hard for a person to, un, to become humble if they don't understand. You cannot be fully humble if you do not understand the extent of your strength. The reason why women are asked to submit is because they are bringing all their power, their gifts, their capacity to put down a man and be great and live under a man and be guided and directed by him. And the Bible calls you a helper. The only other person in the Bible calls a helper is the Holy Spirit. Yet in all his power, the Holy Spirit is described as a standby, as a comforter, as an advocate. As a friend, all those are side rows. The Holy Spirit does not take the front row. okay? Even the Bible says in Romans chapter number 8, but the Holy Spirit helps our infirmity. He is a help, but do you realize the Holy Spirit is more powerful than you? But he takes a back row in your life. As powerful, you know who the Holy Spirit is? Holy Spirit. (laughs) The Holy Spirit is God. I told you last time, the Holy Spirit reduced an entire God, God the Word. Reduced him into a baby, put him in the the stomach of a teenager. Mm. Because he says the power of the Holy Spirit will overshadow you. So that was the work of the Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus was saying, my father who lives in me, he does the works. He as great as he is. What does he do? He helps. Women, you are powerful. And one way to show your power in the realm of the spirit is through your humility. Because those are the powerful ones in the realm of the spirit, the humble ones. Do you know what Moses would do? Few people watched the miracles that Moses did. Yet God had a testimony of him that he was the most humble man. And it was part of Jesus' test to humble himself before John. So that John would baptize him. John knew this guy better baptize me. But he got baptized by John. Why? Humility was his part. And passing off. I know a man of God by his humility. You can find many of my leaders are more feared than me in this church because of how I relate with them. No, Jesus wants to preach. Can you? Leave? No, let the children come to me. They will be playing with them. No, he has to preach. Huh? <laughs> okay. I'm almost done because I want to finish this thing. Oh, there's an exam coming. Philippians chapter 2 verse 5. Let this same attitude and purpose and humble mind which was in Christ be in you. Let him be an example in humility who although being essentially one with God in the form of God possessing the fullness of the attributes which make God God did not think this equality with God was a thing to be eagerly grasped or retained but stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant a slave in that he became like men and was born a human being and after he had appeared in human form he abased himself still further and carried his obedience to the extreme of death even the death of the cross the extreme of death means he died like a common criminal that's humility great leaders are humble touch your chest say i'm humble remember Humility is also a decision. There's no gift of humility. And then humility There are people who walk like that in church you've seen them. With a hand on the chest. And you're just like, wow. No. Humility is bending your heart. It's a posture of the heart, not what happens outside. And humility, you plan it up, and day chase ya. Because if you do not plan your humility, pride will take you, by shock. Sure. See, nobody ever plans to be proud. No, it's second to our nature as human beings. It's easy to be proud. Yeah, I was proud. I never knew. I'm sorry. Some of you just say when well, you are listening to the message. Just look at your attitude. He who is slow to anger. Is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city. Let's stand. I told you last Sunday that God began to speak to me about who in the realm of this... When heaven is looking down on people, who do they consider leaders? And what God began to teach me was this. He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. Are you seeing that? And the one who rules his spirit, than he who is able to take a city. The man who has self-control is greater than the man who has dominated a city. And what God began to show me was that there is a strong battle between a man and his flesh. And the greatest men are those who are able to rule their flesh. There are people who have rude mathematics, physics, chemistry. They have rude education. There are people who have ruled money, except they don't have control over their own bodies. Those don't have power in the realm of the spirit. So when heaven is looking down on leaders, it is looking at those who are able to control themselves. We said with my wife, up to June, we are never going to drink Fanta. Some people joined, even me, because my papa is doing. Someone was telling me it's hard, <laughs> and it's sometimes it could be small things. That, you know, something happened. Some of you should learn to copy. One of my sons, when <laughs> the way the devil works, the moment we said that we are not drinking Fanta and anything carbonated up to June. That's when the Kitwe church came. And they bought fantas. <laughs> and you know my favorite is uh, that grape mirinda. There's a way it slaps. It's, it's got like a certain message. It, it has a sermon. <laughs> I looked at them. I said the devil is a liar. <laughs> One of my sons when I said, Oh, we're not drinking this. Oh daddy. <laughs> Carry the Chihogobu. <deal. laughs> I looked at him, I said, You, I thought you would copy me. The Bible says <laughs> Imitate me as I imitate Christ. You skipped that lesson? But anyways, I left it. Maybe it's personal. But there are things that you can do also to just show that you can be consistently disciplined and you can rule your spirit to tell yourself, I need to do this. For example, every time you wake up, spread your bed, clean it. Or for example, say, every night before I sleep, I'll be brushing my teeth. Even if you are tired, you do it. Simple things. Can you do it now? I'm tired. No. (laughs) You sleep. (laughs) Can you be disciplined? Find something. And you see. The reason I'm telling you this is God can see the things you do consistently and judge you for greater positions. It's strange how God operates. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. The one who rules his spirit. Don't just be a king of a country. Be a king over your flesh. There are some people, once they are in love, they fall. They can't think, they can't pray, they can't obey God. They are in love. Therefore, they fall. That girigidi. It was girigid. They put an I. Girigidi. Then they put an exclamation mark. They can't think. Sometimes you need to step out and say, mm, where did I go wrong? But you are just one person like this. So when you are wrong, boom, you can't rule your flesh. You need to rule your flesh. I can't dress like that. I know I like this, this dress. But you, yes, we get it. You can't turn yourself on. But there will be another person. The moment they look at you, they will not be in church. They will just be on your side they will just be there. <laughs> Stuck. You need to watch what you dress. That's why the rules this side are strict. Sometimes sometimes even the trousers for ladies. You shouldn't be super tight. Showing the fullness of the extent of your glory. <laughs> Why? I'm not into preaching about these things, but sometimes they cross my mind. The sketch which begins where it ends. Why? Why didn't you just walk out undressed? Because, do you want say? Now, that may not necessarily be your sin. Because remember, I tell you, there are some people with long dresses but short hats. They always. So, in case you are looking at someone's short dress, you've got a long one. You tell them your hat. How short is it? Also, it ends where it begins. I'm just trying to tell you that you need to consider others as well. That's it. Can you rule over your spirit? You can look good without someone says dressed to kill. Who are you killing? Why would you want to commit murder? <laughs> there is a way we dress in the kingdom of God. Sometimes in the fun day we come guys, Is it necessary? Is it actually the Bible says, and I saw a woman dressed as a prostitute? They were garments they used to wear as prostitutes. That means it's not it's, it's just a dress. What matters is the heart. Huh? Aren't you showing us your heart by your dress code? I don't mean to attack you, I'm trying to teach you something, okay? Otherwise, I love you a lot. So, the note there is that good leaders have self-control. A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Good leaders are interactive. Oh, you can take your seats. I was giving you a break. This is a course, I want to finish it. You know you're about to write an exam now, right? A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgments. Do you know that people who always isolate themselves are the ones who are most prone to suicide and suicidal thoughts? Don't always isolate yourself. Hang out with your friends. Be interactive. You shouldn't be. You are always hidden. The service has ended. Quickly, you are going home. Where are you going? I tell tell you, you must be foundable. Come roll a carpet, clean a puppet, do something. You are not a revelation that people should search deep to find you. You must be foundable. I say not to the ladies, but many times you should... This idea of being isolated. Have you ever had that cousin who's always in the room? Everyone is chatting. But sometimes you find there are things a person is dealing with that they cannot open up up to someone also. You must be interactive. You will die fast. And then you say, oh, it's better to die. When you now are dead, you will then realize it's not better. And then you realize you can't go back. Be interactive. It's healthy for you. Proverbs 27 verse 23. A shepherd should pay close attention to the faces of his flock and hold close to his heart the condition of those he cares for. That's a good leader. Don't just think of a shepherd, a pastor. They are there. there. We We're th- talking about you. Good leaders are concerned about the well-being of their subordinates. They are not all about work, work, work. That's why we tell you, can you have a team building? Have a picnic here, eat pizza, it's, I don't know, make zigoro and chiwaya, have fun. Let's say go back to the high school days. You, some of us had zans, bring tute, for boiling. Some of you used to do towomutwe, as in have fun. Just talk to each other, then afterwards pray. But if you oh, say, wait, wait, hey, Did you write a report? Hey, Air People go through things. Some department heads need to be dealt with. And all the department members said, yeah. I hope they are not looking at your face. <laughs> Proverbs 12, 1 Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge. But he who hates correction is. The one who cor- correction is? It's not my word, because you can say I'm harsh, but I'm showing you the Bible. So I will not say it so that you say it again. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who, co- who hates correction is? That's the Bible, not me. I know it looks like me, because me and the Bible, we love each other. But that's the Bible. Great leaders are correctable. There are some of you, the moment we correct you, I'm leaving this church. Where are you going to? Which church would you go to where they want to correct you? You need to be correctable, not just by your parents, by people who are your leaders. We need to tell you how to sit down. This is how you handle this. This is how you talk to people. And you should listen and afterwards love us more. The Bible says he chastens those that he loves. He rebukes them. If we can't rebuke you, the moment we rebuke you, you've got an option. Churches are like Salahula's, you go to the next one. So there are some people who are constantly looking for a perfect church. Every church they join, that church, that's the problem. You may not find a perfect church. And if you go to another church which is perfect, it will stop being perfect because you would have joined it. So you must be correctable. And there are some of you who are in friendships. There's no correction. People, I'm ready to react. The moment that you just say, "No, say, ah, me, I don't like people who talk. Me, it depends on how you treat me. You treat me, I treat you. You can't talk to me like that. So they are ready to leave. You are not in a relationship or a friendship, my sister, my brother. You are in a, a situation with. Uh, you are just mingling. After you correct your friend, they should still love you. Even if they disagree with you, especially ladies. They've got these friendships where, hey,
1: you correct me.